Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Yes, we're getting back into the swing of things after a glorious Thanksgiving Day week, and I hope you and your family and your friends were blessed just as much as mine were. We had such a great time. Yes, we had our fried turkey. We did a fried turkey this year, and then over the weekend, we had some amazing filet mignon wrapped in bacon steaks oh my gosh we had those from our good friends at Omaha steaks because i bought one of those sets and i also sent one to one of my friends for veterans day we pulled it out of the freezer oh my god were they delectable Uh, we had the cream potatoes side dish with it unbelievable my family was in a coma last night eating it remember if you want to support us go check out the great folks at omaha steaks use the just news code you'll get an incredible price and an incredible set of entrees, 50% off when I ordered. What an incredible savings just for being a Just the News fan. All right, we've got some breaking news that occurred on this platform, on this show. We told you about it last week. The Salvation Army has gone woke. They had a guide that they put out, a social justice guide that they put out that encouraged whites, white people, to apologize for their racism. It was an extraordinary reaction to that story all across the country. People, including some donors, started to react. Well, this morning, our colleague Sophie Mann is going to join us to tell us what happened. The Salvation Army has withdrawn that guide amidst all the criticism that it was too woke, too racially sensitive, too racially offensive. And, you know, it comes at the start of their most important charitable giving season when all the red kettles go out. Huge, huge impact from news that we broke here at Just the News. And uh, Sophie Mann's going to come on and give us an update on that and many other of the breaking news stories this morning. Jack Dorsey stepping down at Twitter. I think a lot of people, including Donald Trump, probably happy about that. We're going to have Sophie give us all the headlines in a second. Now, before we get to that, and also we're going to have Keith Pikau is joining us. He is a candidate for Congress from Illinois. He's currently the mayor of Orland Park, Illinois, and he's going to join us. We're going to try to showcase as many contenders for Congress this year as we can. We had a couple of them on last week, including Harriet Hageman, who's running against 
Liz Cheney. A lot of news in that interview. So we'll have Keith Peacow from the Orland Park mayor running for a congressional seat in Illinois. But before we get to all of that, and there's plenty to get to, some really, really important stories today, accountability stories on the front page of Just the News. I just want to get through a couple of them because I think it's really important. Remember just a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, the media was all over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, relentlessly criticizing him because COVID had spiked. Well, you know, he did the monoclonal antibody thing. He got his rates way down. And now, you ready for this? Florida has the lowest per capita case rate of COVID of any state in America. Do you think any of the mainstream media that criticized Ron DeSantis are reporting that? Nope, they're not. But we are at Just the News. That's a very important story that the rest of the country might have missed, but we don't. Headline on that, after media maelstrom, Florida COVID rates now lowest per capita nationally. Let's check that one out. Very important story to remember that the media only covers the bad and never the good. One other really important story that, uh, or actually a couple others, get a load of this. The New York legislature and its new governor just enacted a law that penalizes utility companies if they don't use a preferred gender pronoun for a customer. So you might go to a person who's a biological male's house, but he may be transgender. You use he instead of she, you can get in trouble under this law. That is out there. Check that story out. Very important story written by our good colleague, Greg Piper. We're covering all of these important things. I think the most important story resonating right now, and you've probably heard it already because it's been on the website all day, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. They raised a lot of money from corporate America, a lot of money from retailers who make their living on Christmas, right? Well, Black Lives Matter has launched a Christmas campaign. It's called Black Xmas. Takes the Christ out of it. Black Xmas, right? And its goal is to deride Christmas as a tool of white supremacist capitalism. In other words, shopping. Let me give you that again. Black Lives Matter, new Christmas campaign derides Christmas as a tool of white supremacist capitalism. That is out there. We have that. We got it over the weekend. And oh, by the way, they also derided Thanksgiving while you were eating your turkey, saying that it was really a holiday celebrated on stolen land. All right, these are the guys that made millions and millions of dollars in donations from corporate America. We're going out to these corporations and their investors and asking, what do you think about BLM's attack on Christmas and Thanksgiving? We'll get you an update on that. But that story, what they've already reported up on the site right now, very, very important story, getting a lot of attention all around the country. Uh, You should too. One other story that we broke over the weekend, I wrote it myself over the weekend. I think it's really important. There was a new study in the New England Journal of Medicine conducted in the Middle East, looked at over a quarter million people who got COVID. And what did it find? Those patients who survive COVID and end up with natural immunity are at a much lower risk for reinfection or severe symptom. In other words, natural immunity is superior. It actually does work, despite the policies of the United States that don't recognize it, that are forcing naturally immune COVID patients to get a vaccine anyways. That study undercuts that in a big way. And finally, from our partners at the Center Square, a great news organization that we do a lot of work with, your tax dollars, your federal tax dollars, are funding a program to pay students $5,000 each to receive training, yes, in, you got it, 
critical race theory. That's right, critical race theory. The U.S. Education Department under Joe Biden, under Barack Obama, approved these grants, even though they keep saying they're not funding critical race theory. We call them on it thanks to the good work at critical race theory. And there's an interesting angle in it. The grant that was given under the Obama administration used the word critical race theory. The Biden version of the grant, which was just approved recently, has all of the same training, all of the same details. It's an identical grant except for one thing. They struck the words critical race theory. This is your government trying to be deceitful. They can't even be honest. Hey, listen, if you support critical race theory, at least say you do it. Don't try to hide it from the American people. A dishonest Department of Education caught in the act. We're going to follow up on that story today. Those are some of the stories that are breaking on Just the News. It's why we do what we do every day. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Sophie Mann to bring us up to date on the Salvation Army and all the other breaking news of the day. Not the enterprise that I just told you about, the investigative work, but the breaking news for the day. And then our exclusive interview with Orland Park, Illinois Mayor Keith Peacow, who is running for Congress, one of the many contenders for Congress that we're going to showcase on this show over the next year. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity.
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a lot of breaking news all around the country today. And no better person to bring us up to speed on it than our own Sophie Mann here at Just the News, in part because one of the stories that she broke last week about the Salvation Army and a new guide it had put out on racism had enormous impact. Sophie, welcome back to the show. Hi, John. Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about the impact that your story had last week today. A big news today with the Salvation Army withdrawing that guide, correct? Right. So as we saw last week, it seems that this year the Salvation Army is not solely focused on, you know, its general uh, year-end charitable endeavors that we all know them um, so well to do, but is also kind of hopped aboard with some of the ideology that we've seen coming out of movements like Black Lives Matter, like critical race theory, and really the more extremist branches of the progressive left. They did that by putting out a guide that sort of was meant to uh, that was meant to stir up conversation within within its own branches about the the concept of racism and how the church deals with it and how society deals with it. Um, and in that guide, it basically asked its white patrons to apologize for their race and the impact that it has had on uh, you know communities of color, specifically the black community in America for years. And even if you don't feel personally guilty, you were meant to, um, you know, repent on behalf of the church and its past sins. So what happened when this guide became sort of publicly acknowledged and more and more people began reading about it is that patrons of the Salvation Army began to say, you know, that's not really how we feel. And that isn't what we believe this organization to be about. Um, And so they started rescinding their support. And all of a sudden, the Salvation Army just right off their big uh, charitable uh, red kettle campaign for the year um, saw just a ton of backlash and donors dropping out and people not being very pleased at all with the direction they feel the organization is heading in. So they put out an interesting statement um, that it essentially said, you know, this isn't what we meant by the guide and the media, which in this case is us, um, has mischaracterized it completely. However, we are going to rescind it. So it's sort of an interesting and um you know, controversial statement in and of itself, because it doesn't quite comport. You know, what we're trying to what we're trying to figure out right now is how can you be rescinding a guide that you are not you were also not standing by, but also saying, you know, we didn't mean it like that. That wasn't the goal of our organization. So it seems yeah. like they have some internal alignment they need to be thinking about. Oh, listen, their words were pretty clear. It did. They did. I think it used the word repent. It was the word white. They wanted yeah, their white patrons did. to repent. <laughs> So, well, a really important uh, piece of journalism on your work, Sophie, and so glad to see the impact and uh, the donor base, the uh, just the larger um, media base really jumped on this and uh, it's clearly had an impact and I think probably for the better for the country. The other big news, so there's a big change at Twitter going on, isn't there? That's true. So, I mean, Monday morning to, to start the markets off flying, um, it was announced that Jack Dorsey is stepping down from Twitter, the um, obviously, you know, short form social media platform that we all know and some of us love uh, that he founded in 2006 and, you know, had been the CEO of before, before being temporarily uh, shoved aside and then reinstated. So it's unclear why he's stepping down. We're not 100 percent sure. We know that there was um, a brief campaign by, uh, you know, stakeholder company Elliott Management to oust him last year. And we know that the um, chief technology officer will be assuming the role of CEO effective immediately. But it seems that, you know, over the course of the next couple of days, we're, we're going to still have to find out exactly what the motivation here was um, on behalf of Dorsey. 
Yeah, and uh, he was the guy at charge when they kicked Donald Trump off the platform. Very interesting That's times exactly in right. social media space. Um, at school, there's a little bit of controversy over Kyle Rittenhouse. Arizona State University wants Kyle Rittenhouse, the remote learning student, if I under correct, kicked out of the school. Is that right? That's right. So, I mean, this is just a story that is, you know, the the annals of, um, you know, college campus extremism. I think it's no surprise that we're continuing to see some backlash uh, against the Rittenhouse trial and verdict. He is, as you said, John, an online student. So he he's not physically on the campus. And yet a number of student organizations um, have now banded together to ask that the administration withdraw him as a student, despite the fact that he, again, has no physical presence on campus, and it's unclear exactly what type of enrollee he is. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're saying that they don't feel safe. They, the statements are extreme in their language. I recommend that listeners go check them out. But they call him, you know, a white murderer, a bloodthirsty, violent uh, white teenager. And as we know, you know, from just a couple of weeks ago, that is just not what our justice system, you know, confirmed that he is or was or was motivated to be. Yeah. But it um, seems it hasn't quite reached the, the college campuses. Yeah, no, it seems as though in the in the college campuses, innocent still means guilty if you wanted to. And I think that's one of the things that is creating a real challenge for all of us. Uh, all, let's stay on college campus just for a second. Duke, the student government apparently denied recognition to a pro-Israel student group, but the they got overruled by the school. Uh, more, more, you know, we forget about, we know there's a lot of this uh, concern about race, but also uh, there's a strong anti-Israel, anti-Jewish sentiment on campuses. What's going on at Duke? That's right. So, I mean, this is a battle that we sort of see time and time again, where the student body government will say something like, we're going to divest from Israel, or we don't want these pro-Israel groups on our campus. And the the actual administration has to step in and say, not quite, or we actually can't allow you to do that. So this is just another one of those instances, you know, a very um, broad-based student support for Israel group. It's literally called Students Who Support Israel, um, had, you know, applied for campus budget approval as they do every year and actually the student body government had approved them so they were on track to just be another campus club like every other campus club and like they had been in the past and it was the student body president herself um, a woman named christina wang who actually vetoed the approval of the student body government and said no actually we're not going to give you funding we're not going to recognize you as a legitimate chapter on our campus because you singled out a student on social media who had criticized um, the group as settler colonialists. Uh, and so therefore we cannot give you approval. And the school stepped in and said, you know, we still have to allow them to exist. And so we're going to find ways to fund them. Um, at the moment, the student group is accepting that status, but is not pleased with it long-term. You know, they want to be recognized like any other normal affinity group yeah. on campus and clubs that students can join. It's not good to be white or to be Jewish on college campuses today. Pretty tough environment, it seems like, with all of the things going on. Now, in the court system, lots of big trials going on this week. Tell us a little bit about what we should be watching in the court system. Huge, huge week. So for the courts, I mean, and it has been over the past uh, few weeks, I guess it's just the season. So starting today, it's Monday, uh, we've got the Ghislaine Maxwell trial starting in New York, the long-awaited, you know, postponed trial of um, the alleged accomplice to, of course, Jeffrey Epstein. So we, we, it's sort of a mystery right now how exactly that case is going to go, you know, exactly how much access the media is going to have to the trial. But I think everybody is sort of watching with bated breath on this one to see exactly how tight the the prosecution's argument is going to be and of course whether or not they're going to call maxwell to the stand and whether she's going to testify that could be 
the linchpin of the whole thing. Um, in other news, we have the Jesse Smollett trial beginning today. Right. Of course, he was he was the uh, the Hollywood actor who just a couple of years ago seems to have engaged himself in a hate crime hoax that um, you know captivated the media's attention. We know that Vice President. Uh, then Senator Kamala Harris was quick to jump on the bandwagon only to have the entire narrative overturned in just a number of days. So that trial will begin um, today as well. And then, you know, Wednesday, we've got um, abortion before the Supreme Court. So that's one that I think uh, will sort of captivate the zeitgeist of the country as we've sort of seen a number of, of uh, you know, pro-life bills work their way through various um, state assemblies and whatnot. This is going to be a big a big case, as you were saying before, a big case for Justice Clarence Thomas and really the whole country. Yeah, such an important one to watch. I mean, we forgot about the Smollett case, but that, you know, for a period, the media got sucked into that. And then we realized it was a hoax. Um, now that's going to play out. We'll see how good the police evidence is against him and where that will uh, where that will end up. Sophie, great stuff. We love having you on this show. You get us up to speed quickly and smartly. And we love all the great work you're doing, including that Salvation Army story, which clearly has had some pretty big impact. Congratulations for that work. Yeah, thank you, John. All right. We'll have you back on real soon. All right. All right, folks, we're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, Orland Park, Illinois Mayor Keith Peacow is joining us. He is running for Congress, one of the contenders in one of the most sought after and watched races in the country next year in 2022. We'll be right back with that exclusive interview. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health, I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order, plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected, again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34-plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, one of the contenders for a very closely watched race in Congress next year in 2022, Illinois 6. And joining me right now is the mayor of Orland Park, Illinois, and a Republican candidate for that congressional seat, Mayor Keith Peacow. Mayor, good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. This is a big moment, right? You, you've been a mayor. You've been running a city. Now you're, you're making a step up and running for Congress. Tell us what drove you to make this decision to jump into the race. At first, I was, I was reluctant, just like I was running for mayor. But I, I see the, the difference that I've made as mayor in a short time, in, in five years. And frankly, a lot of people use the same argument with me that I use to get them to run for, for uh, local seats, is we need good people who aren't in it for themselves, but are in it for, uh, for the people to run for office. And if we don't get that and people don't step up, then we continue to get the government we deserve. And uh, for that reason, I decided to get in. Yeah. And you've had, uh, you know, your, your two terms now as a mayor. And I think one of the things that when you ask people what, what, what's uh, really uh, noticeable, what is the, the, the DNA of, the, of your tenure? Fiscal responsibility seems to be really at the top of that and personal freedom. Talk a little bit about how the economy right now, it seems to be the issue that every person, whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent, are concerned about. Well, everyone is getting hit hard by the economy. You know, Go to McDonald's if you, if you partake in McDonald's and get a, get a Big Mac meal. A few years ago, it was $5 and some change, and now it's $8 and some change. You, uh, you go to the gas pump here, it's about $3.50 a gallon. A year ago, it was 2 bucks a gallon. Yeah. And as a former small business owner, I sold my business in 2019, but fuel was one of our biggest expenses. And the difference between $2 and $4 fuel you know, in a million-dollar business was forty dollars to $50,000 in expenses. It couldn't necessarily pass on. Well, that means less money for raises, less money for employees, less money for, you know, for the owner as well. So that's money that's not being spent on other things and otherwise spread throughout the economy. So it's, it's pretty, all of those things have a huge impact. And people don't necessarily think of that impact other than how it impacts them filling up at the pump. But it also impacts their employers. Yeah. They can't give as big of a raise. They can't be as generous. They can't donate to... Uh, to local causes, there's a lot of other factors yeah. that uh, that high that high costs impact. Yeah, that residual downstream effect. You're right. We don't take into consideration things like raises, bonuses, uh, charitable giving, but all of those decisions get impacted when a cost of business goes up. And of course, in most cases, also the cost of business often gets pen, uh, passed on to the consumer, so it's like an additional tax to the consumer. Um, you have been an enormous voice in the, the battle over uh, mandates, vaccine mandates, mass mandates, taking on Governor Pritzker in Illinois. Tell us a little bit about what's driven that and what the reaction has been in your own community. Well, what's 
driven it is I, I really believe that people should have a choice of what they do, and it's the government's job to give them information and give them facts. And going all the way back to the beginning of this, several mayors in the region felt that the governor was overreaching and making some drastic decisions like closing small retail centers while leaving Walmart and Costco open as if COVID knows the difference. And we pushed back and asked him to reopen those, to you know, reopen golf courses, to do those types of things, to reopen our parks. And not only did he not reopen them, he did not even engage us and respond to the letters that we sent. And this was multiple mayors that were signing these letters. So at some point, you have to take other actions. And so it started to get started to go public with our positions that we need to keep things open. Maybe we need to do things differently, but let's get people the facts so that businesses can decide how to make their customers feel comfortable. They don't make their customers feel comfortable. Their customers are not coming in. So they're going to have to make adjustments. Yeah. So get people the facts. Let them make the decision. Let people discuss with their doctors what the best decision is for them. Governor Pritzker, President Biden do not know an individual's specific situation. Their doctor knows a heck of a lot better. So yeah. let them make that choice. That's really what you want here. You want it back down to the local level, to the personal level between a patient and a doctor, not some bureaucrat or or political leader. This new congressional district you're running in the 6th District, it's sort of remapped, but it captures a lot of those famous western suburbs of of uh, the Chicago, which I, I was a young student at Marquette University in Milwaukee. I would come into the western suburbs a lot. Freedom always seemed to be, you know, one of the big things, no matter whether you were a Democrat or Republican, this idea that personal freedom uh, was important always seemed to resonate when I'd go visit uh, friends and their parents there. It seems like we've gotten it so big in government. Are the are the folks of uh, Illinois tired of big government? Is this a moment where we're reaching a tipping point? Of course, I can't speak for everyone, but what I see here in Orland Park and in the surrounding communities is the position that I took to allow people to make their own choices was well-received. You notice that because we're one of the three or four retail meccas in the Chicagoland area, so we have a lot of visitors to town. Right. But taking this position, people came to town. People came into town, they shopped, we kept things open, we kept restaurants open, and while other people were seeing huge negative impacts to their uh, bottom line and their municipalities because they locked everything down, we actually saw growth. And that's because people came here because they had a choice. And sure, a lot of people stayed home and didn't go out. I hear that all the time. But many other people decided that for them, they wanted to get out and get as much normalcy as possible. If that meant a business required them to wear a mask, they would wear it. If that meant that uh, a business allowed them to go go freely and they were uncomfortable going in without a mask, if people weren't masked, then they didn't go in. It allowed people to make their own choices. And that's been, the, overwhelmingly, that's the feedback that I've gotten. Yeah, it's, it makes sense. People having that personal decision, I think, is so important, and more so as we've watched the government kind of bumble through two years of the, the pandemic. Now, as a mayor, you've put your money where your mouth is. You, you've actually done the things that you said you were going to do. 14% reduction in operating expenses, paid down $50 million in debt, lowered property taxes, if I'm reading this correctly, 22%, and yet the city's doing just fine. The village is just fine. Uh, is this a model? Is it time for the big government folks in Washington to realize that cutting taxes, cutting spending can actually be successful? Not It isn't a anathema like the many Democrats have argued. I believe that it is. I believe that we're an example for the state and for the federal government to follow. It's interesting. We have a budget meeting tonight, and we're talking about next year's budget, and we're 
spending a lot of money on capital. Because when I arrived, we were projected, our reserves, we had a 30% reserve balance. Our reserves were projected in 2023 to be negative wow. on the path that we were on. And it had been that way for about five years. And additionally, our roads, 40% of our roads were in poor condition. Uh, our parks, 66 parks, and we were fixing one every two years. You can do the math on that. That doesn't really work. 132 years to get through them all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we, we were doing a lot of things, at kicking the can down the road, just like the state, just like the federal government. And what we were able to do in very short order is make some adjustments to our operating spending and, and make some cuts. We put in an early retirement system, which allowed us to, to, uh, to reduce some headcount as well, which obviously in all, in any uh, government entity, headcount is a, is, a, is a big problem because most of your money is spent on salaries. But we also doubled our investment in roads. We doubled our investments in parks, and we started going about fixing parks in a different way. In doing that, in just the last, because I had to get control of the board to do that, so just in two or three years, we've been able to take our debt down $50 million, which, to put it in perspective, is about 40 to 45% of our overall debt load we were able to take down. Wow. We're still doubling our investment in infrastructure, and it's put us in a very strong position. And our reserves, which were projected in this year, I think, to be 2%, down from 30 our reserves are so high that we're able to use those reserves. We're going to bring our reserves down to 28% in the next year, down to 28%, and take all that extra money and put it into the capital that was kicked, the capital projects that were essentially delayed for years. So it, it's possible to do this with good fiscal planning and making good fiscal decisions. Yeah, and common sense. I mean, that's one of the things when you live in the Midwest, the voters in the middle of America, they have this common sense about them. And you get to the elitist coast of LA, Washington, New York, and it seems like common sense goes out the window. But these are things that can be done on a, on a, on a regular basis. When uh, you look at where the Democrats in Congress are taking the massive infrastructure bill followed by the massive social welfare spending bill, how are folks in Illinois, how are folks in your congressional district, uh, in your uh, village, how are they reacting to those big spending bills? Well, the people that I talk to are re reacting very negatively. Let's put it in perspective. You, me, everyone that we know, we have to operate on a budget. And if we own a business, our business has to operate on a budget. And we can use debt in a proper way. We can use debt, for example, for most people use debt to buy their house, right? And then they make that payment over time so they own that asset. But we use it for hard assets. Same thing that businesses do. Right. At the federal level, clearly in the state of Illinois, they borrow money to pay their bills. As if you were borrowing money to pay your grocery bills and your utilities. That wouldn't last for very long and you'd be bankrupt. Yep. Well, that's exactly what's happening at the state and the federal level is we're borrowing money to pay our day-to-day -day monthly bills. We're not borrowing it. The, the, the federal government borrows at an incredibly cheap rate. Borrowing money to fix roads and bridges, that can make sense. But borrowing money to pay for social programs and pay for all these pet projects that go to uh, special interest groups. I mean, here's a really good one. It's a little bit out of the past, but how about Solyndra? Remember all the money oh, that the yes. federal government gave them, and then they just dumped half that money back into Democratic campaigns. Yep. That's what it's about. And that's, that is not serving the American people. And our, our deficit has gone to, it's almost $30 trillion. And it was a few trillion at the beginning of the century. So that's, that's a huge problem for not just us, but more importantly for our kids, our grandkids, and their kids and grandkids. 
Yeah, it is such a, an important thing for uh, people to realize. And we're, we're just borrowing money to stay afloat. We're not borrowing money to do anything that's really a major investment. And you've been able to prove that you can pay back debt, uh, lower taxes, lower your spending, and still invest. I think that's a model some people are going to get excited about. What is the dynamic in this race? As you look out now, you've got uh, two Democrats whose districts have sort of been collapsed into six. Uh, uh, how does the district lean, this new redesigned district lean, and what's the key for a Republican in trying to win? So I think if you look at the numbers, the district still leans just slightly Democratic. But, you know, I know the Democrats that are in this area. And the Democrats that have been representing them for so long, like Marie Newman and Sean Kasson, they are far left, and it does not fit. They do not fit this district. The Democrats here are they're union members, they're police members, they're, they're, they're fire. They support police. They want to be safe. They support working families. They don't support these far-left programs where we're going to defund the police, where we're going to have open borders. They don't support those types of things. So I think what's critical is for the Republican candidate to get that message to those people because most of the people that are pushing, they're going in and they're just pushing D because that's what they've always done. They have to understand that they agree with me on 95% of the issues and agree with them on 1% of the issue. And so it's important to educate them. And I think if we get out to the people, let them know what we stand for, they're going to come over and vote for us. Yeah, I think uh, that common sense of just getting back to policies that make sense for everybody. You uh, you have had in the last few days in the Chicago area these smash and grab robberies, which I think a lot of people associate with defunding the police and sort of a, a loss of law and order. How big an issue is crime going to be in the 2022 election? Well, I think crime is a huge issue because in the Chicagoland region, you know, we have a state's attorney who has essentially emptied the county jails to the lowest level they've ever been the state has done the same. Yep. They have lowered, uh, lowered bonds or eliminated bonds, ankle monitoring. You know, I saw a stat the other day, you know, for, for uh, weapons-related issues, ankle monitoring is up 1,750% wow. in her four years in Cook County. Mm. At the same time, we've decided to take a different approach. We go to the, uh, the, the uh, U.S., the, the federal government, we go to the DOJ, and there was a case that happened just two weeks ago. We got a, I, I got an email back that said we did a great job. They had a person uh, that they charged with three charges. They pled to two of them, minimum five years in jail. Now, mind you, the reason we went to the feds is because the county wouldn't charge it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and, the feds, and the feds got them to plea to a minimum five years. Wow. And the county wouldn't charge it. This is happening over and over again. Well, if you tell criminals that there's no consequences, they're going to start committing more crime. And that's exactly what's happening. And all of the suburbs are under a lot of pressure. We've been fortunate. We have a phenomenal police department that is extremely proactive. And our crime's at the lowest level. It's been in 27 years. But that's not because our police officers aren't working harder than they ever have because they are. We're just very proactive. And we've been very fortunate because of that. And but the pressure is enormous and it takes a toll on your department. It takes a toll on its people and it takes a toll on your residents. Yeah, such an amazing thing. And, and you really are an aberration in the region because Chicago has had such a, a difficult year. And some of the suburbs around Chicago have had a really difficult year. Uh, obviously, your village is um, 
uh, running against the grain of some of the history that we're seeing. Uh, another issue we, we just saw today on our site, we have an adjusted news, we have an important story that education department did give grants uh, to critical race theory. In fact, the grants use the word critical race theory, contrary to what the Biden administration was saying. How uh, big an issue do you think in 22 and even in your own community is this idea, uh, are the education and curriculum things that were parents discovered during the pandemic, their kids were being subjected to, their teachers were being subjected to. Is education going to be a big issue as well in the 2022 race? I think education is going to be a huge issue. Uh, parents care about their children and they want to make sure that they're educated well. And in the suburbs, which you know the majority of this district is in the suburbs, where they, there are good schools, let's face it, even as a mayor, if the schools aren't good, it's very difficult to be successful as a mayor. And the schools are, you know, they're, uh, many of them are going in the wrong direction. And it's subtle. And parents don't necessarily see it. And they need to start calling it out. We had an issue here in our own town with uh, the school board, which is a, a separately elected school board. And the superintendent decided to cancel Christmas. Wow. And it was, uh, parents were very upset. They let me know. Yeah, I bet that didn't go over well. It did not. And I used social media to let the parents know. And within three days, they had let the school board know, and the school board overrode the superintendent and, uh, you know, and basically had all the old policies reinstated. But the issue is that a lot of this happens by superintendents and unelected officials, and it happens very subtly. And school board members don't necessarily see everything that's happening down at that level. They're, they're not showing what's happening. So it's incumbent on people to elect school board members that are going to pay really close attention to what is happening. And... When they see something they don't like that's coming home with their kids, they need to let their school board members know because don't assume that their school board members know that, that that's happening. So it could be something as simple as they're bringing in a speaker that's all about critical race theory. Right. Well, the school board doesn't necessarily approve that. that that's the superintendent and unelected officials doing that. And they may not even know until it's too late. So yeah. anytime parents see that, they, they're the ones that can, that can be the bell that lets everyone know what's happening. And it's really critical that they do so. Yeah, no, it really is. And I think if there is a silver lining to the pandemic, it is that parents got awakened to what was going on in the classrooms. And they're much more attuned now to what the school board's doing, to what the school superintendent's doing, to what the principal is doing. It seems as though uh, there's been a, a moment of pause and, and reevaluation of what's going on in our schools. And uh, I think it, that's going to play out again in the 2022 election. Uh, as you step back now, you've got uh, a primary, you've got a couple of competitors there, then you get the, the general election. What are the keys for you right now as you move along this process and, and get ready for elections? Well, it, it, the worst part about it, as I'm sure every candidate says, is it, it's raising money. Yep. Right? I mean, that's the first thing is, is to go out and raise a lot of money so that you can get uh, it on your own so that the people with money nationally, PACs and all the rest, get involved in the race because this is going to be a very expensive race. From a primary perspective, uh, you know, I feel pretty strongly about my candidacy and that I'm the right candidate. So we're going to focus on running against the, the two potential candidates that we're going to face. We're not going to really focus on uh, our Republican opposition because I think my record stands for itself and I'm just going to keep touting my record. And I don't think there's any benefit in Republicans pounding Republicans. I, I just don't think that that, that does yeah, the people good. any good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just damages people for the future. And I don't think that's the right way to go. So we're going to focus on on letting people know who I am, what I stand for, what my record is, and, and again, focused on the two people that we're running against that 
are radical far left politicians. They don't fit the district. They don't fit even the Democratic Party. How many people here that have come to me and said, I used to be a Democrat, but the Democratic Party left me 20 years ago. Yeah, that is, uh, you hear that a lot. Now, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. On the, uh, on the idea of Republicans fighting with yourself, it's funny, a long time ago, I had a pleasure to sit down with George H.W. Bush before he passed away. And I asked him, what was the best piece of advice Ronald Reagan gave him as a politician? He said, I remember it like it was yesterday, the former president said, he said, if you're going to pull the pen on a hand grenade in your own foxhole, for God's sake, throw it across to the enemy line. Don't let it blow up in your own foxhole. (laughs) And it seems like you, uh, you subscribe to that theory quite a bit. Mr. Mayor, how can people follow what you're doing? How do they stay in touch with your campaign, with your Twitter? What are the most important coordinates? So the most important place, uh, so keithpecaw.com, so K-E-I-T-H-P-E-K-A-U.com. That's where you can, you'll see more about my, my candidacy. Right now there's a landing page, but there'll be more about the issues moving forward on there as well, and that's also where you can donate. And then also uh, a big, big presence on Facebook, uh, again, uh, and that's uh, Facebook, um, Keith, the number four Congress. And, uh, but also you can look up Keith Peacock and you can find it. I'll have the personal account, but I also have my my candidate account. So those are probably the two biggest places where you can find that. Well, this is going to be one of the most watched races, Illinois 6, a redrawn district. It's going to be a bellwether for where the country is going in 2022. And it's been an honor, sir, to have you in the show. Let's try to get you back on as the race matures over the next few months. It was my pleasure, John. I appreciate it. And I'm happy to come on anytime that you'd like to have me. Thank you. All right. It was excellent. Great to, great to meet you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, that wraps it up for Monday. A busy Monday. A lot of big investigative stories we had on the news site today. A lot of breaking news Sophie Mann gave us and some real insights of what it's like to run for Congress in an era of critical race theory, of soaring inflation. Mayor Pekow from Orland Park, Illinois, now running for Congress, gave us a really good sense of the electorate what the issues are going to be in 2022 and why the 2022 election is so important to America. We're going to keep bringing on people who are running for office every day so you can meet them, learn from them. There are a lot of energetic challengers, a lot of challengers with great records, great backgrounds, great passion, and we're going to introduce them to you all over the next year on this show. All right, folks, until tomorrow, and we'll have a new edition of this great podcast. Make sure to check out justthenews.com all the time for breaking news. We've got you covered 24-7. But until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. 
Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.